Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Five wide shotgun formation. The snap. Cocking his arm, now running it himself laterally on the five to the far pylon, diving in. Hurts takes it and gets a touchdown. Quarterback Jalen Hurts runs it himself. Hurts winding up, long pass down the middle, arching into the end zone. It's intercepted, falling down on his back. Julian Love with the interception of Hurts in the end zone. Big defensive play for the Seahawks. Shotgun snap. Three-man rush. Lock throws one pass down the far sideline. Caught over the shoulder. It's grabbed. Smith and Jenga. Touchdown. Touchdown. Seattle. Touchdown. First and ten. Eagle 45. Hertz winds up. Long marching spiral near sideline. Broken up. May have been intercepted. Out of bounds. Was a pickoff. It was. Love is picked off the ball. Seattle is intercepted. Well, if you turn that game off, you missed quite an ending. Uh, That is for sure. A good Tuesday morning, everybody. Back on the morning blitz. Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck, Dimmitt. Broadcasting on 1025 UROC, AM 730. Fox Sports Tri-State, of course, online. NWKSradio.net, the Rocking M app. So glad you could join us here on a Tuesday morning. Did you happen to catch the end of that game? I mean, I'm debating. I'm debating. I was debating, like, okay, I... I'm going to probably just get be my old man and go to bed. It's time to get wound down. But I said, ah, there's two minutes left. I guess I'll watch the final two minutes. Because I had been distracted by lots of things throughout the night. Once again, now a family of, of three kids. So we were distracted. So I wasn't paying that close attention. But boy, I sure am glad I sat down and watched the final two minutes. Because that wasn't a very entertaining football game from what I can tell through the first few minutes. But the last two was worth the time. It was good. Holy cow. Seahawks come back to beat the Eagles in regulation. They were down 17-13 with uh, a minute 52 left to play. They have the backup Drew Locke as the quarterback, not Geno Smith. The rain is falling as it does in Seattle most of the time. And they are 92 yards away from Pater. Drew Locke leads them down the field for the game-winning touchdown. A beautiful couple, two, two beautiful throws. One first and foremost to DK Metcalf. Another absolute dime to Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, in the end zone. And the Seahawks get the win very late over the Seattle Seahawks. And, uh, yeah, just a a meltdown from Philadelphia, and in particular Jalen Hurts, and great resilience from a Seattle team that once again was playing with the backup quarterback. I think that was that was the thing that stood out to me the most. And boy, in a, a great emotional post-game interview between Lisa Salters and uh and Drew Locke after the game, talking about, you know, what he's kind of what he's been through, you know, was remember he was at Denver, drafted at Denver, tried to start at Denver, didn't work out at Denver, gets shipped to Seattle in the Russell Wilson deal, 
really hasn't had any action until last night of any substance. And you could just see the joy in his heart. I mean, that leads me to a question. I mean, does something like that fulfill, if, if, if you have the career of Drew Locke, does a, does a drive like that make it all worth it? If you don't have any, let's say he ends up retiring, doesn't do much else the rest of the, I'm, I'm not saying he retires right away, but let's say he plays a couple more years but doesn't really get much action and he retires. Is the drive like that on Monday Night Football enough to say, yeah, it was worth all the, all the extra work that I did to play in the NFL? I, maybe if they make the playoffs here, uh, which is now a very real possibility because the NFC is tied at 7-7, seven and seven, it seems. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where I think once he does retire, looking back, that's got to be an all-time memory. The driving rain in Seattle, an absolute dime to beat what was less than a month ago considered maybe the best team in the NFL now not so much three straight L's for Philly but the uh, thing should be considered here that half of the league has an injured quarterback right now there's maybe a full third of the teams in the league that are struggling with their play under center you have to think that in the back at least of Drew Locke's mind hey Maybe this earns me a starting spot, if not here, because Geno Smith is maybe winding down. The uh, the run, I don't know. I think the run for him is is starting to wind down. But Drew Locke maybe earned himself a starting spot somewhere with that play last night. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I doubt it. Uh, still, it was a great, it was just a great, it was a really good finish to that game. Uh, after what was kind of a, eh, Monday Night Football game, <laughs> it had a great exclamation point at the very end. Uh, it was very, very good. So I, I hope people stayed up and at least caught the end of it because it was worth it. But I understand if you didn't because of the fact that, well, <laughs> well, you know, the game really wasn't that entertaining for me. I thought the Eagles were going to blow them out. I mean, they they went right down the field the first drive, scored easily. And I thought, geez, here comes Philadelphia. They're just going to roll. And, boy, Philadelphia mm-hmm. has really fallen off here the last. That's, that's now three losses in a row for Philadelphia. And for the win for Seattle, that snapped a four-game losing streak. So three losses in a row for Philadelphia, who, by the way, did control their own destiny, now do not. Uh, that's now gone. So they're really fading at, at a wrong time. And, and I think, like you've said before, I think it was you that said this, you do not like coaching changes in the middle of seasons. Yes. Well, yes, Philadelphia has done that with defensive coordinator, now Matt <laughs> Patricia's calling plays, which is whatever. you got to do what you got to do to try and find a spark. But... It looks like that's not paying off at this point in time. Maybe it will. They've got three easy games. Two, well, I shouldn't say easy. They got they got Tommy DeVito that they got to go against here. At some, I think they got to go against him twice here over the last three weeks uh, Which, and get that done. I mean, yeah. Um, as a Lions fan, I have never gotten anywhere close to loving Matt Patricia more uh, <laughs> than, I, than I did last night uh, because now – the, the leader of the NFC East, whether it's Philly or Dallas, are both 10-4, and four, which is, surprise, surprise, the same record as Detroit, which is especially big because Detroit plays Dallas in a couple of weeks. Uh, so the odds, I think, uh, more than doubled last night. I can't remember the exact numbers, but the odds for the Lions uh, to get a seed that's not the three seed more than doubled last night with that loss. 
Uh, but yeah, I kind of did the same thing that you did on a wonderful Monday night where I was like, I was doing some cooking, I was distracted, I was doing other things for three and a half quarters. Uh, and then I kind of sat down with four minutes, 30 to go. And I watched Drew Locke cook and which was not, which was not on my list of things I expected to see on a Monday, but Hey, good, good for him. You, you threw the NFC kind of into a, a little bit of a, a shakeup here and Philly or whoever is going to be the leader of that, uh, division is now not so sure. I mean, you were thinking about the one seed a couple of weeks ago. Now you're not so sure about the second seed. And hey, Seattle, your hopes are alive. They're they're barely the, alive, but they're there. Everybody's seven and seven. Putting a bow on this conversation of the NFL. I mean, the NF the as a whole, the NFL is probably ecstatic because this season is playing out exactly how they want it. They want every single team, for the most part, to have a chance to make the postseason because it keeps the fans of every single team invested, which in keeps eyeballs on the NFL, which there's no greater entity, I think, in the world than the NFL and finding ways to keep eyeballs on them and to keep people talking about the NFL. There's no greater entity, I don't think, that does it throughout the year. Because football, you know, it only happens for, what, a third, of the, a third of the year. How do you fill the rest of it? Well, you have the draft and you have the combine and, you know, they find way, you know, NFL free agency and they find ways to do it. They, 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 they're brilliant at it. And, yeah, I just... I. This is exactly what they want in season. They want every single team to have a chance to make the postseason. That doesn't mean they're all going to make it, but they all want everyone to have a chance. So this is perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, anyway. Yeah, this this is probably the most parity the league has had the la- this year and last year in, in a long time. And in, it's exactly where they memory, want it. Right? Yep, it's, a, yeah, and it's oh, exactly perfect. where perfect. they want it. Exactly where they want it. Uh. Full show ahead today here on the Morning Blitz. Riley Gates of On3 Sports is going to join us. We'll talk college football bowl games. We'll talk college football recording, recruiting. Many people don't know tomorrow is early National Signing Day, which has pretty much become National Signing Day across college college football. So we'll get some thoughts from Riley Gates on that coming up here in about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, we will dive into some thoughts on some high school hoops tonight. Uh, we will also uh, dive into some more college football recruiting thoughts at the back end of the show. I know Christian has a question for me. At least he did yesterday, and we'll just answer it on the air. Uh, that's how we'll go about this. Uh, I, think, I think you more have an answer than I have a question. I, you brought it up yesterday. You did. No, you did. texted I me. Did, but you should be excited. You texted me. Saying. We'll get to that more in the third segment. That's called a tease. All right. Uh, last night, Wallace County Basketball. I mentioned yesterday that last night them and Wheatland Grinnell faced off on a Monday night, a rare Monday night basketball game, but it did happen. Wallace County picks up a pair of wins over Wheatland Grinnell. Lady Wildcats win 44-24. The Wildcat boys uh, win 61-28 over Wheatland Grinnell. Lady Wildcats off to a great start. Six wins already this year for the Lady Wildcats, so they're really, really good. They're going to be, I think, considered probably one of the top 10 teams in 1A Division II, I think, this year. Just Based upon what I've seen early on, uh, don't forget they also had a great volleyball season, which they went to the state tournament this year. Once again, there is usually correlations between if you have a good volleyball season at a small school, you can probably have a pretty good other seasons because athletes at those schools play all the sports. So you can usually draw a correlation between all that, and that's what happened with Wallace County Lady Wildcat basketball at this point in time. So they won by 20 last night. Boys win even by a wider margin over Wheatley Grinnell. Um, 61 to 28, the final scores last night. That sets up a, a big group, a, a big set of games here tonight. 
we've got Decatur Community hosting Oakley. Hoxie going to Hayes TMP. Golden Plains will host St. Francis. Shylin at Tri-Plains Brewster. Quinter hosting Hill City tonight. And I don't want to forget either, before we get to some thoughts on Colby versus Russell and Goodland hosting Scott City, there is some wrestling tonight up in St. Francis with the Before Christmas Boys and Girls Wrestling uh, tied in with the benefit meal for Wade Crime. That is tonight. So you've got St. Francis girls in a quad with Oakley, Rollins County, and Dundee County, Nebraska is who they'll be. The girls will be up against them. Then St. Francis boys will be facing off against Oakley in a duel. So it's a big night up in St. Francis because that's going on. You have the benefit meal for Wade Crime, and you also have its senior night as well for St. Francis wrestling up there, which is kind of weird to say because we're not even a quarter of the way, a third of the way through the season, but we're going to have senior night up there. Uh, in St. Francis. So that's going on. But like I mentioned, a couple big basketball games before the end of the holiday break. I mean, today, I believe for both, I know for Goodland it is, and I'm assuming for Colby, today's the last day of school before the holiday break. Um, So I believe it is that way. And I know, so you've got one more basketball game ahead for both these teams. Colby going to Russell, which Christian have coverage on 100 points of the ride, and Goodland hosting Scott City. We'll start with your game. Just some quick thoughts on Colby and Russell. Eagles and Broncos tonight from Amos Morris Gymnasium. A neat little gym there in Russell. Make sure you say hello to our good friend, David Elliott, voice of the Broncos. It was. It's my first trip down there, and David is actually out uh, tonight. Eric Stone is still out. In. Still out with that sickness I saw he had last week? Still out with that? Uh, actually, I think it's something. I think I was told he's going to a conference of some kind. He's... He is, he is big time. He is big time. You know, he's kind of like ahead of that. He does news and sports, so it wouldn't surprise me. So you got Eric Stone. Okay, Mm. good man. We'll say hello to Eric for us. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I quick correction. I was informed uh, yesterday that they actually have school until Thursday is their last day of school in Colby. Okay, Uh, which is a little. Why would you do not the full week if you're going to have school this? You know, hey, don't don't try to lengthen it anymore. Just. Hey, do what you got to do. I know, Goodland, this is their last day of the semester for school. I know that. So, mm. you know, yeah, yeah different as strokes, it, different folks. Be. You got to do what you got to do. So anyway, continue <laughs> on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, down in Russell, uh, both of these teams kind of struggling right now. The boys uh, had a the best record. They were 14-9, and nine, I believe, last year. Uh, and that was their best record since 80-81. And they're kind of in the same boat as the Colby boys, where uh, Colby returns one starter from last year, Guy Tubbs, and the Broncos uh, return zero starters. They also return zero head coaches. Uh, Cody Casey is the new head coach there. And actually on the girls' side, they have a second-year head coach. So it's kind of you're in a little bit of a, a rebuild phase. You're building programs on on both sides, girls and boys. Uh, so I, I think that it should be a little bit of a deep breath here or a chance to catch your breath for Colby on both sides because uh, every team or almost every, I think they're missing one uh, team that they have played this year uh, has a winning record right now and did when they played them. So it has not been uh, a lot of easy teams on the schedule for the Eagles. But they've they've gotten through, so to speak. And I think, I know I talked to Yancey about this yesterday, head coach for the Lady Eagles. 
who kind of wrote it off, uh, especially, you know, he has some very experienced girls on his roster. Uh, but I think not a big deal, but maybe in the back of my mind is this thought that you could uh, be in for a little bit of a trap game where you're maybe looking ahead if you're a high schooler to, to winter break and you have uh, a much easier opponent on paper on your schedule. Uh, and, and you kind of run into a little bit of getting complacent. That being said, I think the Eagles and the Lady Eagles both play pretty hard, especially defensively, so I don't re I, I don't think it will be uh, trouble in, in terms of a trap game. The, the boys uh, from Russell, their team has a couple of twin towers down there, 6'4 and 6'4, uh, both of whom are playing relatively well. And so the Eagles, once again, will have to deal with a lot of size. And for the first time, that kind of uh, showed its ugly head and, and ripped into the Eagles a little bit and against Scott City, where they hit some corner threes against you, and then you had to go to man, and the big men got to isolate on the block. Hopefully that won't be an issue against the Broncos. And the girls uh, is a little bit surprising. Uh, the Lady Broncos down in Russell have very little size. They're quite a small team uh, physically, but they're very tenacious rebounding. They will, they will hound you on the glass, especially offensively. Uh, so you got to be aware of that. The Eagles play hard, certainly, but I think sometimes when you go against a physically smaller opponent, you don't expect them to be as hard on the glass as they are. Uh, so a couple of interesting ball games to uh, to finish out here before a little two-week break. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me first and foremost about the boys on uh, Russell's side is that they had six seniors last year. They led them in minutes per, or pretty close to minutes per game, and were definitely the top six scorers last year. For And so they lost all those guys. And they had some good players. Jackson Cross was a great guard. Jace Pierman could light up from the outside. And they had a guy named, by the name Jordan Burley, who was six foot nine last year for Russell. So they had, like you said, their best team since the 80s. And also, subsequently, last year was one of their best football seasons they've ever had in Russell sports. So it was a great year for Russell. 2022-2023 was a great year, school year for them athletically. But it was a great big senior class. And like you said, now you're learning. I think the guy is a young man by the name of Wyatt Middleton uh, who played quite a bit last year. I think he was a freshman. I think he'll be playing a lot this year for them. I could be wrong on that. Um, but nonetheless, they've got some pretty good pieces. Uh, they had some really good pieces, and now they're just a young team that's going to be rebuilding uh, and with a new head coach. That's just the way it's going to be. So, um, And then from the girls' perspective, yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a rough few years for Russell. It just has been. Um, and I don't think what you, if you're Coach Walker, Coach Yancey Walker, you're sitting there saying, you know, you're going to say anything to keep your kids motivated and not looking to the holiday break, not looking ahead, knowing that you face the difficult schedule that you have and knowing that you've handled it very, very well for the most part. Uh, I, you're, you're looking for anything to sit there and say, we can't overlook these kids. You know, we, we got to play our best, even though probably in the back of his mind, he knows that if we go out there and we half-heartedly do this, we'll probably still find a way to win. But you don't want to put that on film. You don't want to do that. You want to try to go into the break with momentum, and that's that's a big key for coaches is to find that extra gear every time, That, that especially in good teams. Good teams and great teams, it's always on coaching to try and find the way to motivate your girls or guys to continue to play better and better and better. 
And so my guess is that's what Yancey Walker, what Yancey Walker's doing. And and I don't think anybody on the Russell Boys side back to that can match up with with uh, with Guy Tubbs athletically. So he could <laughs> no. he could have a big day, and Jordan Jones could maybe splash in four threes. Um, like I said, it, I think Russell Russell might be a better team in the coming years, but right now so young and learning a lot in the varsity side of things. So. We'll see. Yo, uh, Christian Peckdammit have coverage of that doubleheader from Amos Morris Gymnasium in Russell starting at? Well, 6 p.m. tip-off, but as you know, uh, JV you know, games. push it around <laughs> a little bit. So we'll call it we'll call it 540 for uh, the, the pregame, but earlier or a little later. There you go. And, uh, of course, tonight, Goodland Cowboys and Cowgirls remain home. They had their first game of the season on the road. They are now at home for what is the fifth consecutive ball game, thanks to the top side, and then games against Holcomb and Scott City. First on the girls' side, I look for the Goodland Cowgirls to bounce back. Hopefully everybody's healthy. I haven't heard anything. I would assume that you're feeling better by now. But if everybody's healthy, I have a feeling that this team is going to be extra motivated to go out and prove that that was not us that played on on that on this previous Friday night. Nothing against Holcomb whatsoever. We were not at our best, and now we're healthy, and let's go out and, and make a statement against the Scott City team that is still very good. Pretty good. Erica Felker, is make, who's the point guard for Scott City, making her 71st consecutive start. This young lady's got a lot of experience, and they've got a balanced attack. Behind her, she averages about 11 points per game. They have three other girls averaging around 8 to 9 points per game. So a very balanced attack, but they do not have the size that they had in previous seasons. They don't have that size. Uh, you know, they had Brooke Strine, who was six foot, six foot one, was a pretty good post player, led him in rebounding and in points last year. They don't have her this year. They're going more guard oriented. So I expect this to be uh, an, an even matchup when it comes to size wise. But I just have a gut feeling that Goodland's going to come out and say, that was not us last game. We're going to come out and, and try and prove a point uh, that we're still a really, really good basketball team uh, against a very solid Scott City team. That's just my read on that. And on the boys' side, once again, I made the point yesterday, I'll make it again. The Cowboys check a lot of boxes. When you look up and down their roster and you look up and down their stats, they check a lot of boxes. They defend, they shoot it well, they can drive it. Um, they, they, they do a lot of good things. They're a very, very good basketball team. So the biggest thing that I would have to say if I was a player or a coach trying to motivate, I'd say, guys, we, we have to continue to get better every single game. That's what great teams do. We just don't say, well, we're happy with what we got. We're, we're right where we are. No. We're going to go out there and we're going to continue to get better and better and better. We're going to find the little things that are minute details that we're going to work on those and get better and better and better. Scott City is a solid basketball team. Playing in the GWAC is similar, not on the same level, and similar to playing in the Big 12, you have to be prepared every single night and go out and play pretty darn good or you're not going to win. You will get beat, especially in basketball. So, got to be prepared. Scott said he's got Jackson Rumford, who's got great size. It'll be a great matchup to see how Lincoln Cure and Blair Lennon square up against him. So far, especially in Lincoln's case, he's done a great job handling bigger body guys. He hasn't picked up fouls. He's been smart, so I give him credit there. And and then they've got they've got a young or not to say a young kid they got a kid that hasn't played a ton but is having a, a great year in Sage Steckline, who's been phenomenal for them, averaging double di- double digit points. And so I look for him to have uh, an impact on this game as well. But I think on paper, the way Goodland has played so far this year, I think they are the better team. But once again, I go back to my point that I'm going to continue to say most of the season. Chris, you're going to get sick of hearing it. 
I hope Goodland knows that they're a really good team, but they don't believe it. As in, we are a good team, but we got to continue to act like we are not a good team. As in, we have to continue to prove people wrong every single time. We got to go out there and prove everybody that we are good. Does that make sense? I think it does, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. And I, uh, speaking a little bit from experience, um, covering some some teams back in Hillsdale, when you have ball clubs that have a target on their back every single night that they play, and Goodland is shaping up really on both sides, girls and boys, to be that way this year, you you are going to, so you have to know that you're going to get the best from your opponent every time. Especially when the girls were on that streak, you knew that every opponent you played, doesn't matter their record, doesn't matter how they played all year, they want to be the ones to break that streak. They want to be the ones to hand the boys their first loss this year. You're going to get, especially when you get into GWAC play and it's some familiar foes and some rivalry-type ball games, you you know you're going to get their best ball tonight, that night. And I think that gives you a heightened sense of attention where you have to, have to be focused every game. Hopefully that should help uh, a Goodland team do what you're saying that they should do, which is... Cowboys the, the focus girl, on the little the girls were improve. the girls were and are used to that being you know chased all that time it makes sense the Goodland boys haven't been in this situation a lot exactly. over their tenure so it's something they have to kind of learn a little bit and I'm hoping that you know you can learn while you win not have to well God we didn't take that team seriously we got beaten now you know it, you know the unbeaten season's over which isn't a big deal but nonetheless you want to try and keep winning while you're learning how to be. While you're learning to be, to, while you're learning to go from a good team to a great team, you're 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 taking the necessary steps while winning. Hopefully, that's the case here tonight and for the and and who, here's the thing: you don't want to go into the holiday break with a loss. You want to go in with a win. You want to go in with confidence. You want to go in feeling good about yourself. You have a chance to do that tonight. All teams do for the most part. Wallace County already did that. They got that done. They did that last <laughs> night. Everybody else wants to try and do that. All right, let's get to a break. We come back. Uh, Riley Gates of On3 Sports going to join the program next. Look forward to visiting him about college football bowl games, a little bit about early signing day as well in the college football ranks. It's next here on the Morning Blitz.